0: Welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film, where it's Stephen and I. Hello. We have a very important discussion
1: this week, Stephen. Oh, we do have a big important discussion.
0: Because, you know, it seems about uh, at least once a year now, it's, oh, such and such film is one of the highest grossing films of all time. Yes. And it's happened three times this year where three releases are in the top ten, with Jurassic World coming at number three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was it Furious, Fast and Furious 42 at seven or something? It came in
1: at, um, if we're just looking at domestic grosses in the top ten, Fast and the Furious, what it did was, uh, Furious 7, I'm sorry, Yeah, Uh, it made over a billion dollars worldwide very quickly. It's only made $351 million domestically, which puts it in the all-time domestic grosses list at number 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron is in at number eight, and then of course Jurassic World is in at number three. And these are just domestic grosses; yeah, these aren't domestic. worldwide grosses, which is not what. Uh, well, I guess we could look at worldwide grosses. It would have uh, worldwide Avatar, Titanic, Jurassic World, Marvel's The Avengers, Furious Seven, and Avengers: Age of Ultron yeah. are the top six.
0: Right, and so three of those came in. Yeah, just, just this now, year. and which there's in, some of them are still in theaters. Which is pretty amazing, right? But that comes out with the news article we're really focusing on this week, is that movie tickets have hit an all-time high in the past quarter. Quarter 2, 2015, ticket prices averaged out, I believe, at $8.61 a ticket. I
1: believe that's what it is, too, although, let's see. Yeah, uh, the average is eight sixty-one in the mm-hmm. United States for the second quarter of 2015, according to the National Association of Theater Owners. That is up 3.4% from $8.33. Uh, percent from last year, or $0.33, cents, and 6% from the first quarter, um, average of $8.12. Yeah. So ticket prices continue to climb. A lot of this, interestingly, has to go on to um, more people seeing films in 3D, which right. I found was really kind of surprising.
0: That did surprise me. And now it wasn't just ticket prices are higher, but the people are actually willingly paying more for a ticket to see in a different uh,
1: uh, s- space. Right. And that's fine. Uh, Matthew said he went, he was on uh, one of the social media outlets saying that he went and saw Ant-Man in 3D and thought it was mm, great. Really? And I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't find any real additional experience benefit from going and seeing a 3D movie myself. Now, that's mm-hmm. me personally. Uh, a lot of people may find some enjoyment in seeing that but i just it's it's not it's not my cup of tea
0: i would say of the 3d movies i've seen this year which i believe are just mad max and terminator um the 3d in my experience is a lot better than where we were you know 3 or 4 years ago yes, where everything yes. is popping out your mm-hmm, face it mm-hmm. is they've really focused on just creating a depth in, yeah. in the space but like you for me The surcharge to see 3D to just get that depth, Mm -hmm. while it is interesting to see and how they use it, I don't know if it's worth it quite yet.
1: Yeah, well, in fact, uh, what is the movie that's coming up? Oh, Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. They decided to scrap the entire 3D conversion process. Mm. Uh, They were just like, I think it was the director's decision, was just like, nope, we're not going to do this. And so they just scrapped it all. And they're not going to release it in 3D. Now, of course, there's more people who want to see stuff in IMAX in a larger format as well. Right. So those things kind of play into that demand is increasing the ticket prices. And I guess that brings into the question of, oh, well, where's all that money going? Oh, where do you, I mean, what do you, what do you, well, what are you thinking? So, you know, a lot of people think that the theater owners get a lot of it. And then the rest goes back to um, the distributor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look at the history of motion pictures and you look at, um, where theater ticket prices used to go, mm-hmm. there used to be something where the deal was, okay, we're going to pay you the theater owner enough to cover your nut for the week, for that week, meaning how much of your employees are going to cost, how much is it going to cost to, you know, do your electricity and all that needed to be calculated in. And so you could get that part covered from your movie release. Then after that, the studio would take 90% of the ticket price. And that went on for a long time. And in Mm -hmm. fact, it worked on a sliding scale. So the first week, the theater owners or the uh, movie distributor would take 90%. The second week, the uh, distributor would take 80% and so on and so on and so forth. So what ended up happening was, and this was in my day growing Mm up, there was an incentive for the theater owner to keep the theater, uh, to keep the movie in the theater for 10 weeks. Because after 10 weeks, the theater owner got 100% of that money. Sure. For the the movie. They didn't have to pay anything back to the distributor. Well, then, of course, the distributor, they want to keep pumping out more movies because it's to their advantage to make most of their money up front. Mm -hmm. And so they changed the model of how tickets uh, prices are are broken down. I want to say 10 years ago, I think, is what it was. It was in the early 2000s. Let's, Let's put it that way. And in that, they basically, the distributor takes... Between forty-eight and sixty-three percent of the ticket price. Okay. So if uh, we're talking about our theater here in town, a five-dollar ticket is what we pay generally. Mm-hmm. It's a cheap theater, yeah. and they market themselves as a cheap theater. Uh, you know, the distributor is taking two and a half to or two dollars and fifty cents up to three fifty, something like that, mm-hmm. per ticket sale. The nut is not covered by the th- by the distributor anymore. The theater now has to take care of air conditioning and employees and all of that kind of stuff, and so their incentive is, hey, no matter what I'm always going to get the remainder of what's left after this distribution agreement deal. Right. I would imagine something like uh, our theater is probably getting the remainder of the sixty three percent and a theater like a uh, chain like a m c which you know here's the other thing that we can talk about too. Um AMC, they're probably getting the better part of that. Probably of that deal. Yeah, uh, so you know, fifty they're, percent. Yeah, yeah. They're, because they're a big chain, and so you know that kind of uh, has gone on for a long time. But the distributor has realized that if we can, if we make eighty percent of our uh, budget, or I'm sorry, if we make eighty percent of our gross in the first two weeks, then it's in our best interest to continue to put out new movies so that there's a new movie in the theater. Every week. So it has that two week shelf life. And that's Mm why, um, years ago when we were first doing Zach on film, we talked about how you could calculate up how much money a movie would make over its 10 week run and theater owners could predict how much money they would make. Distributors would be able to predict how much money they make. But today it's whatever happens in the first weekend, it drops in half the second week. And after Mm -hmm. that, unless the movie is a runaway hit like Jurassic World or Inside Out or Avengers or or, uh, Fast and the Furious, uh, Furious seven, um, it's really kind of unpredictable uh, to to what's going to happen after that second week, but that's where our that's where our money is going today. Mm. And you're like, well, still three dollars and fifty cents, and you've made a billion dollars worldwide. That's got to be good for the for the theaters, and uh, it can't be good for the theaters. It's got to be good for the studios as well, right? To an extent, um, today studios, and this is a report from two thousand nine. We should have a whole big, long discussion sometime about Hollywood accounting mm. and creative accounting. Okay. Because no one really knows how much it costs to make a money, make a movie. So when you go over to Box Office Mojo, for example, right. and we look at um, the cost of the production of, let's see, uh, uh, let's go look at Ant-Man. So, Ant Man production buz- budget, it says $130 million. Well, it's already made that mm-hmm. in worldwide grosses. But we don't know for sure it's $130 million because that stuff is really closed out by the studios because uh, I don't want to. They kind of cheat mm. because they don't want people to know exactly how much they're making or how much something cost because then that means people on the back end will come up and say, hey, you owe me some more money uh, right, or I need to be paid more. Because really money. profited
0: more than yeah. you're saying you are. And so
1: a lot of – you know you can have a lot of fixed costs. Like the talent mm-hmm. costs money. The uh, below the line costs have money. But then where they really hide a lot of stuff is in the print and advertising campaigns. And we don't have very many theaters now that still do film projection. I think it's less than 7% of the theaters in the United States still use film. Mm-hmm. But on average, you're spending between 1500 and $3,000 per print. If you have to do it on film, uh, which is why so many people have switched over to digital. Right. But then the remainder of that is all spent on advertising, and we've talked before that it often you have to whatever you see is the production budget. You often have to double that just to give you the idea of how much advertising goes into something.
0: Right. And that's a number that's came from. I think Kevin Smith talked a lot about that, and other people yes. have said that's pretty much the the standard for marketing a film.
1: Yeah. And uh, one thing that I read, oh, not too long ago, it says that under the Hollywood system, the average. Now, we're not talking about the big blockbusters like Jurassic World mm-hmm. or um, Ant-Man or anything like that. But on average, a movie needs to make $186 million in gross revenue. That's before the stu- the uh, theater takes their cut, before everything else. Needs to make $186 million in gross revenue just to break even for the cost of the movie and the printing and advertising campaign. So if hmm. you look at... Um, 130 million on the production budget for ant-man probably you know they'd have to make you know 186 million just to break even on that Mm. domestically domestically Domestically, ant-man going into week two end of week two has only made 109 million dollars domestically so it's it's a little interesting to see where the money gets divided up in this in this studio system in Mm -hmm. this hollywood system and um the only time we find out how much a movie actually makes, and again, these are all estimates.
0: Right, everything's, yeah, estimate.
1: Um, The only way that we ever find out how much a movie actually makes or how much a movie actually costs is if somebody sues the studio. And I believe Sam Raimi sued Sony over Spider-Man, one of the Spider-Man films, because he felt like he was not getting all of his points that Mm -hmm. he was supposed to. And they took it to court and they had to reveal the entire production budget of Spider-Man. And I believe this was in Two thousand nine, one of the most, one of the Spider Man three, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe it was right around then because that's where a lot of these people started basing all of their numbers and averages on is from this two thousand nine uh, lawsuit okay. where they actually said, "Here's how much money it costs to actually make this money, uh, this movie." And so we really don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the Spider Man three lawsuit. So we really don't know how much the uh, actual profit is being made by. Um, by the uh, by by the studios.
0: And so do you think it's always in their benefit to not really give the public the f- true well, dollar amount? I mean, I can we say estimate. It, I mean, it seems like it's a more of a success. That there, way.
1: You know, there's a there's are a couple of agencies out there that do uh, ticket sales reporting. And really, in the last couple of years, uh, there has been only one place that really tabulates how a movie is doing uh, on the weekend. And that's how we know on Sunday morning how mm-hmm. much a, a movie has made for the weekend, even though the weekend isn't over yet. Uh so there's a, that kind of accounting. But since we don't know how much a movie cost to make, right. we can give it a rough estimate. We don't know how much money the the studio, whether they made a profit or loss on mm-hmm. that movie. And that's where the creative accounting comes in. And it's a it's a wacky thing because I, I believe Return of the Jedi has still never made money by the way that they have uh, itemize things and put costs onto things and those kinds of stuff. So, oh. twenty plus years, what is it, thirty years after <laughs> Return of the Jedi has come out, it is still not gone in the black.
0: And but you don't think you think that's because they're doing some creative
1: accounting? To well, yeah. So you know that. they do a lot of that. So for example. Any time that there's any kind of publicity that has to go into Return of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. if there's an anniversary showing and we're flying George Lucas out there, well, that that doesn't go to the cost of the studio flying George Lucas out there. That goes to the cost of Return of the Jedi so that it, so if you're flying George Lucas or the crew or whoever out to promote, right. um, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi that gets charged to the Return of the Jedi account. Likewise, everybody that flew out for the San Diego Comic-Con, the concerts that Disney put on, all the big executives that went there, that is a cost that's being applied to Star Wars Episode Seven.
0: Interesting. Because then
1: they get shown not as much a profit. And and so then that means that if you are someone like J.J. Abrams, who may be getting a percentage of the net, Mm -hmm. well, you may say, well, sorry, J.J., we can't pay you because this movie has never made money. And that's the Definitely. that's the net, uh, not gross. Right. Gross is how much you actually took in. Net is after all expenses. So it's really fascinating. I've got a. I don't have. I wish I had all my lecture notes here because uh, we did talk in the Star Wars class about a year or so ago, two years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. We talked about creative accounting, and I've, I've got some really specific examples. And I think it was Spider Man and Return of the Jedi and a couple of others where. How can these movies have never made any money when people are paying eight dollars and sixty one cents mm-hmm. to go see the movie, and we know that it's made a billion dollars? And how do you say that it isn't making any money? And so when you look at where all that money goes to, suddenly it starts to make sense. And when you see some of the creative accounting practices, and, and listeners can probably go and just do a search for creative accounting in Hollywood, <laughs> and they can find all sorts of fascinating data um, on on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's incredible.
0: So do you think? overall that studios aren't making as much money now and that's why they're not putting out as many films or oh no no, no it's no. just a whole culture uh, itself of why
1: if i'm trying to find it now that you mentioned it a variety had a report um that talked about the tentpole films these big budget films like right. jurassic world um that actually show that the tentpole films really are a good thing and that they actually are making the studios lots and lots of money mm. if they if they do it right. Um look I'm seeing one from 2012. I could have swore that there was one from just a couple of weeks ago from 2015. So the, the, yeah here it is. Peter okay. Bogdanovich pushes for non-titanic pit tent poles it is a story over in variety. This is dated. Dur, dur, dur. I don't see the date on here. March uh, 18th, 2015. Hmm.
0: And so uh, so the gist of it is that these big films are allowing the studios more budget room to fund smaller, smaller films.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's the idea of what the tent pole is. If you think about a circus tent, which is where this analogy comes from. Right. You've got a main pole. That comes up into the center of the ring and supports the entire tent. And then around the edge, you have all these little smaller poles that help support the edges of the tent. And the idea is the big tent pole allows you to get a bigger uh, coverage for your tent, Mm -hmm. which in a sense means that you can support a lot of smaller films. So Jurassic World making a billion trillion dollars or the Avengers making a billion trillion dollars means that now the studio can say, well, we've got some wiggle room to go and spend this money on. Zack and the Giant Peach, mm-hmm. or Zach and the Giant. What's your favorite? Uh, Jack and the Zack and the Giant Salsa Dish. There we go. That that's what it would be. Yes. And they're like, we don't know how much this is going to make, but eh, we've got some money to play. Here's twenty million dollars. Zach, mm-hmm. go do your your salsa movie. Or right. in the case of the Lego Movie, we don't know how this is going to do. We'll give you whatever it was, eighty five million dollars, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll be a success, and people will find a film that they probably. Didn't think that they were going to find the first time,
0: right? Because I guess that is uh, the the big thing about these smaller budget films is that maybe a couple times a year, at least once a year, you get a small to mid range budget movie that does real big money, and that pays off huge for the studio. And so that in turn can continue them betting on these smaller.
1: Well, films. And, and and it gives you know the success a the success of Godzilla from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. which was I would say was a success for Legendary Pictures Yeah, the success of that gave them enough money to go to the Smosh Boys and say here's 20 million dollars I don't even know if it was 20 million
0: I can't, we looked at the budget one yeah. time it was really small <laughs> Here, here's the <laughs>
1: here's the 15 dollars you need to go make your money your yeah. movie which means that someone like the Smosh Boys can go and do a a micro-budget movie that they would not have otherwise been able to release. Mm -hmm. And that's good. In the end, that is a good thing. And so when people look at a ticket price and they say, man, $10 for a ticket, that's really expensive for me to go see Ant-Man or Jurassic World or Frozen or whatever the movie is Mm -hmm. that you're excited to see. But remember where that money goes to. It doesn't just go to... Frozen or Ant-Man or Avengers. It's going to the studio so that they can produce other content. Mm -hmm. And that goes with any kind of endeavor, whether it is supporting a podcast, supporting your cable channel like HBO. People want to watch HBO shows. Well, your cable subscription goes up so that the uh, uh, HBO can produce those shows like Ballers or Game of Thrones or True Detective Mm -hmm. that people want to see. So, I'm not too upset about the idea that the that the ticket prices are, you know, close to $10 on average. All right. What I want to see is that more people are given the opportunity to make films and not just, well, we're making all this money. We're going to keep our profits around to make our shareholders happy. And we're only still going to release these big budget movies. If the studios were doing this, I think people would have a lot more problems with that. hmm But now that we see that they are using the money to make smaller films, to invest in uh, bringing in international movies to the United States and release like Sony Classic Pictures does this a lot Mm -hmm. with uh, movies from uh, China. Then I think it makes a lot of sense to say, hey, I'm willing to make this investment in the studio, in this movie. Granted, I may like it, may not like it. (laughs) But at least it's making sure that other movies can be made. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a weird way of thinking about it. Because I think when people pay their $10, they're just thinking, I'm coming here to watch Ant-Man.
0: Right. But there is uh, a giant machine that you're kind of throwing $10 into that's going to spit out a lot of other things. Right. It's going to take that $10, split it up. Right. And you're going to get a lot more from it.
1: You know, the success of, really the success of Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, Mm -hmm. allowed them to produce the other Avengers movies in the you know, show proof of concept that these movies can be made. When the first Avengers movies made a billion dollars, a lot of that is going back into, I don't want to say a lot, but there's a great deal of it that's going back into the phase two movies. Oh,
0: yeah, sure. And the
1: phase two movies are going to help finance the phase three movies. And so on and so on and so forth.
0: Can you imagine if Avengers only would have made like $750 or something? They probably wouldn't have... Had the guts to take risks on, like, Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy. Or
1: or because they're probably thinking ahead, because by the end of the Avengers, we already knew that Phase 2 was coming. Sure. So more than likely, the success of the Avengers said, hey, we can take a risk on Doctor Strange. Sure. Okay. Or we can take this risk and do a Daredevil series for Netflix. Mm -hmm. So that's probably more where that's coming from, as opposed to Avengers-funded Phase 2. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's there, and so I think maybe people need to think about that in a broader sense of I'm giving my studio my money to the studios so that they can continue to make movies, hopefully movies that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now you're not going to always get that. No, I mean, no. I, I think when we look at the Zach on Film summer run, they've been fairly disappointing. It has not
0: me. been great. There's only been a few standouts. Mm-hmm. Even Jurassic World was an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even Avengers, something like that, not very good. But like you said, that it is a strange way to think about it. Cause mm-hmm. um, it's not like you're saying you're giving Marvel $10 and saying, I like what you're doing. Right. Continue doing it. You're giving this money to a studio or a theater, which then gets split up and then mm-hmm. split up. And then it and really, it the and, it, and, and, then it and the
1: hell. other thing too is, when we talk about a movie studio, Warner Brothers Pictures, uh, they may make some movies, but they cannot distribute their own movies. Disney, cannot distri- Disney films cannot distribute their own movies. Mm-hmm. They have to go through a distribution company, which is going to take its cut. Right. In the case of Disney, it's Buena Vista is their distribution company, which is really owned by Disney. <laughs> but because of the um, vertical integration... Uh, breakdown back in the 1950s or whatever it was, um, you can't have that monopoly anymore. So they have to go through these distributors. And so when you look at who's distributing the film, oftentimes you're like, oh, well, Warner Brothers is distributing this movie, but it's actually produced by a different company or made by a different company. Right,
0: that's why you get the six different studio Right. at the yes. of your film.
1: Yes, so when you look at your ticket, small part of it is going to the theater. Yeah. And again, if the movie doesn't do good, they the, the theater may not even make their nut. They may not even be able to pay for the cost of the air conditioning. Or in some cases, uh, our theater it took them a long time to convert every every screen to digital.
0: Or in the case of our theater, someone that knows how to run a projector.
1: Runs a projector, yes. <laughs> uh, so it's in the best interest of the theater owner to get a big movie in, mm-hmm. depending on what they're their contact person is giving them to get a big movie in and make as much money as they can up front and then hope for another big movie coming in right away to cover those costs. But in order to make up that extra cost, you're paying, you're paying a $5 ticket. This is literally what happens to me. Mm-hmm. You pay um, $5 for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's $5 for Mason too. Probably. So $10 in tickets and then $30 in concessions. Yeah. And that's so, I mean, that's really there for the theater owners. Oh, yeah. And as much as I hate paying $5 for a 32 ounce soda or more, whatever it mm-hmm. is, I have to think that I'm paying the person behind the counter's salary yeah. so that the next time I come here, I can ensure that they are fulfilling my order quickly. And surprisingly, that the uh, jalapeno uh, container is full of jalapenos when I order nachos, oh. which has actually been happening the oh, last look at couple of times. So, there's there you go.
0: Yeah. The economics of a movie theater just in general. Yeah.
1: It's like so if yeah, you really got- want
0: to support your theater and keep it open, mm-hmm. you have to buy concessions.
1: Yeah, you do. So you've got your ticket, a small portion of it goes to the theater. A large the rest of it goes to the distributor. The distributor then has to pay the studio, who then uses that money to pay their actors, their directors, all of their below-the-line people, they have to pay for their printing and advertising. When I say print, I mean film prints, not you know paper print. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to do p with their printing and advertising. They have to go into all of their marketing uh, for getting people shuttled around and shipped around. Um, that money gets divided up. Your, your dollar goes by pretty yeah. quick. And then at the end, of course, there are other revenue streams uh, for the studio, including um, home release, Mm. Video release, uh, DVD release, um, movies on the, uh, on the airplane, uh, on demand, on demand and hotels and uh, pay-per-views. And then finally broadcast television and cable and of course merchandise too. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of other ways to generate revenue. But then again, merchandise has its own costs as well. So, you know, it's... uh, the finances of movies is very fascinating to look at, and I'm glad you got a you didn't you get a business minor. Yeah, yeah. entrepreneurship minor. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that you did because then you can start understanding where a lot of this money. Yeah, you told goes me to. to. Yeah, you told us all. I told you all. I told us all my
0: freshman year to get one. I'm like, I, okay. I, I I'll said do if one. <laughs> you want
1: to get into, and I'm serious, if if you want to get into, uh, any kind of broadcast career, whether it is a, um. Whether it's an on-camera talent, whether it is an actor, whether a script writer, producer, director, whatever it is that you want to do, it will be in your best interest to have some kind of business administration yes. minor, uh, accounting minor, so that you can deal with all of the business side of doing your production. Because a lot of people are just like, hey, let's go grab a grab a camera and then go shoot our movie and we'll be internet millionaires on the YouTube. But then suddenly you get a flag from YouTube that says, oh... Uh, this music has been deemed or Oh, you're using a clip from something that's been flagged for copyright, and you're like, "Well, what does all this mean? How do I deal with this? How do I license this music Your business yeah, ad, to, your business administration minor is going to be so helpful to yeah. you and I think that the, and I'm glad you did that
0: i I literally have a job another job now because i have a i have that minor
1: <laughs> yes, there you go yeah. <laughs> there you go
0: uh, so do you think from a financial standpoint? The, the movie industry is in a good place right now?
1: I think so. I mean, if you look at the quarterly reports, let me look this up really quick. Um, I believe that the quarterlies came out um, just recently for the studios, and they were all doing very, very well, mm-hmm. including you know studios that were near bankruptcy a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't see it now, but you can go look it up. Okay. Uh, so I think the, the, the industry is, is, is doing a really good job right now. I think the thing that would help the American film industry more is making sure that there are more jobs in America. And in order to do that, you have to continue to make movies in America and not. And again, I love Canada. I love New Zealand. I love Australia, I love all of our countries all the way around the world, whether they like us or not. Mm -hmm. I love everybody. But. It troubles me when. An American company. Says, we're going to go save $20 million on the cost of this film by going to Australia. Mm -hmm. Which means that all the grips, all the gaffers, all the electricians, all the makeup artists, all these people in Hollywood or California are not getting getting jobs. Because they're going to people overseas. I don't, again, I don't really have a problem with other countries making money (laughs) because that's fine too. (laughs) But... Uh there are a lot of talented people who can't get jobs because the productions are going out of country. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the same for whether it's a big motion picture or if you're talking about the the a CW television show. So um but I think overall I think the industry is doing just fine.
0: Yeah. I mean like going back to the 3D theaters, mm-hmm. I was surprised when the Movie Ticket report came out. They said movies like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World uh, Mad Max and San Andreas made 40% of their open-weekend box office from 3D movies. And so I don't know if that is a, and I, this would be really hard to know, if it is a thing of people want to see the movie so bad they will go see a 3D just because it fits their schedule more, or if people are actually seeking hmm. a 3D experience. That, that's a
1: good. That's a good question because I don't have enough... Information on the movie show times yeah. to be able to judge that. I know here in our town, 3D movie usually shows first Yeah, about by about a half hour than the 2D movie. Mm-hmm. And the 3D movie is in the bigger theater and the nicer theater, yes. whereas the 2D movie is a couple doors down in the not so great theater where they either don't know how to... <laughs> Reduce the size of the picture to make it fit on the screen, or they don't know how to enlarge the size of the picture to make it fill the screen. So, it's a uh, catch-22. It, it really is at this <laughs> theater. But, uh, you know, the good thing is, and I don't know if um, if you saw this, but our theater got bought by AMC.
0: I did see that. They got bought out.
1: What do you think of that?
0: I think...
1: Because it used to be a Dickinson. We used to be at Dickinson Theater.
0: Yeah, and then it was something else.
1: And then it got sold off to Starplex.
0: Well, no, it switched owners twice in the last year. Yeah. So, it was like something, and then it was Starplex. Right. And now it'll be some... Because all of Star... Did all of Starplex get bought out by all AMC. All of Starplex
1: got bought up by AMC, Yeah. Which is only from what I... F- if I remember correctly, something only like 35... It's not a huge 35 uh, theaters. Yeah, it's
0: mostly Midwest kind yeah, yeah. Of the, uh, states. Um, I'm interested to see what happens, to see if anything gets shaken up. Uh, our theater is not... Uh, a bad theater. Besides the projection issues, we got new seats mm-hmm. recently. Those yeah. are very nice in a lot of the big in the theaters. Uh, it has a lot of potential. We have a good population to sustain a theater.
1: Well, we do. They we really in do. The right movies, and, and that is that's part of the thing, and that's probably hopefully some of the the uh, benefit of having AMC as the as the bigger chain. Years and years ago, uh, I kind of kind of knew the manager who ran the Fox Theater downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the only reason is because I was dating a girl who was working there at the time. So I would go in to hang out for about an hour before the movie was out so that she could do her cleanups and ticket count and all that. And, and so he and I would get to talking about stuff. And really, it's, you know, he doesn't have a say of what movies come to the theater. It's whatever the, yeah, the, the marketing, distributor the distributor person brings. is for the theater chain negotiates with the distributor to say, hey, we want this movie, this movie yeah. and this movie to come to our theater and sometimes you get some really great movies, and sometimes you get a lot of duds, and mm-hmm. sometimes you get movies that are like, well, why is this one coming here? Well, our market research indicates that this one will do fine in, in Hayes, Kansas, and yeah. should play for 16 months. And sometimes that's what happens. Um Maybe with AMC making this purchase, 12 Years a Slave will come to Hayes.
0: I would really like that.
1: Uh, or movies like that, or yeah. Selma would come to Hayes.
0: That would be my hope. The only thing that worries me is that... Salinas theater was also a starplex mm-hmm. and they got Selma and like 12 years a slave yeah, yeah. And things like that. So I would hope.
1: Well, but again, let's look at 35, 35 theaters. And so from that standpoint, um, which of your 35 theaters is making the most money? Sure. Um, so maybe let's be conservative and put Selma in Salina. Yeah. Uh, or 12 years a slave in Salina and let's not put it in Hayes because even though it does good business and, I knew the the person that was the manager of of the mall cinema when it was still owned by Dickinson, and he said it was one of their most profitable uh, cinemas, one of the most popular uh, profitable uh, theaters for Dickinson in that in that region. Yeah. So maybe with AMC buying this, they'll be able to take a little bit of risk and say, "Yeah, we've got some extra money to go ahead and put this movie in Hayes, or mm-hmm. let's you know let's get some other stuff in Hayes too." That might attract a crowd because I went and saw oh, what was Michael Moore's conspiracy project, uh conspiracy movie, uh Fahrenheit nine eleven.
0: Yeah.
1: And it showed up to Hayes. Really? And I was like, holy crap, this movie is playing in Hayes. I'm surprised. And this was still again when it was owned by Dickinson. Right. I better go see this movie right now because it won't last a second week. No. It lasted a second week because really? I missed it the first week. The second week, I said, I'm going on a Thursday. I am watching this movie because I know by tomorrow it will not be there. And it was in – it was not in the very smallest theater, but it was in the 2nd smallest theater. Mm. And I went in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was the only person in there about 15 minutes before the movie started. And in those 15 minutes, the theater filled up. Wow. So it does show that – and this is the thing that people don't take into account or the maybe the studios or the distributors and the uh, theater chains don't take into account is – a lot of times these movies will bring in an audience
0: oh sure if there's and buzz around them or if anything? there's
1: buzz around them. but you would think in a community like Hayes yeah a michael moore film would not do yeah. very well at all <laughs> oh. and yet it did just fine cuz yeah. i talked to uh, the manager afterwards he's like yeah that that movie's been doing pretty well in that in that uh, sc- in that theater mm-hmm. since they brought it in and i think it was there for one more week after so it was there for 3 weeks so Interesting. i'm hoping the, there're some good things that come from this amc deal
0: yeah i hope so too uh, so all this theater, the movie ticket price, got yeah. me thinking. Okay, is um, Star Wars is coming out? Yeah, it is later this year. I'm thinking, surely this thing can crack some numbers on this all time gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was starting. I started going through like what, how many tickets would it take for Star Wars to get up? into the top and this is all based off and so i started really looking into it a lot this is all based off of an eight dollar and 61 cent uh movie ticket price which through the report uh on variety won't hold for the winter it seems that second It'll quarter drop, yeah. is always the highest mm-hmm. so you're probably looking at closer to 8 20 15 for a ticket yeah, price. Let's, yeah let's just but, round you, it down to, to but like, i didn't do that i just did regular ones.
1: I said, uh let's see. Now are you looking at domestic or are you looking just at worldwide? Domestic, okay, just so domestic, domestic so domestically in order for all time domestic gross is not adjusted for inflation. Right, not adjusted. Star Wars Episode 7 only has to make domestically seven hundred and sixty million dollars right, in a box.
0: That would be Avatar, which right. I did uh at current price. Uh it took, it would take 800 and, oh it was 800 88.3 million tickets
1: to reach avatar level. Yeah that, I think it will do that. I do you think it'll do that? Cuz that Marvel would Six mean World
0: that Jurassic World
1: did 72.6 million at 8 tickets. 72.6 million. 72.6 million. I think I think Star Wars will have cuz I'm see I'm I'm not sure that Jurassic World has the repeatability that Star Wars will mm, have. Yeah. Uh I am already kind of planning to see Star Wars in the theater at least three times.
0: I'm planning on seeing it at least twice because my dad and one of our good friends are planning on going to see it on IMAX.
1: Yeah, I, I plan on seeing it opening weekend just by myself and yeah. maybe for a Zach on film piece. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do for that. And then I plan on taking the boy, taking the family and going to see it. Heck yeah. And then because it's happening during the holiday time and Mason will be off school, we'll probably go see it again because I think he's going to like it enough to want to see it again so i'm already planning three times to see that movie so um right there just between the family there's uh three times for me two times for mason once there's seven tickets right there and that's just off me and my three family members so if you have a family and you have really big fans of star wars which we know there are a lot of which
0: like the entire world is fans of star wars yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean (laughs) I you know Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones comes in at number forty six from two thousand and two at three hundred and ten million dollars made domestically, and that movie wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. This movie, mm-hmm. if it's good, if it's it's as good as people think, yeah, pow! This and thing you, will this will shoot. Crush. This will shoot to the top of the domestic all time gross because it's coming. The problem is, what is the exact day that it's coming out? December twentieth. See that's our 15th. I or really think they ma- I really think they made a mistake that by not moving so it weird. by not moving it closer to Thanksgiving. That but again, Thanksgiving. by putting it in the 20th, in the 20th, you know that the kids are out of school. Right. So you're not going to remember we said 80% of the box office comes in the first two weeks of the movie release. So that
0: would be everyone is
1: everyone off. is off on vacation and it's not opening Christmas Day. It's opening 5 days before. And so December 18th. Yeah, they've got two weeks Mm -hmm. that they can make a crap ton of money. And then, of course, you've got kids off for another two weeks after that to where you can make a lot of money again.
0: What I'm really interested in is what the drop-off is going to be from opening to second week. Because if Mm -hmm. there is a huge repeatability on it and people want to go see it in different formats, 3D, IMAX, go back and see it in 2D... What the drop off rate is because I can't imagine it's going to be I don't think
1: I don't think it's going to be big because my guess will be that there will be a big push for people to go see it 3D and IMAX on the first weekend or at least the first two weekends and then after that people are going to go well I'm not going to go see that movie in IMAX again even though it was really good I'll go see it in the small in the 2D theater right so I think we'll see some um, you know some some strong least a month strong yeah Uh, going back to the all times uh, Star Wars episode one is listed at number six. In the all-time domestics, mm. um, at four hundred and seventy-four million dollars. So, I, I I just really think that it's it's a no-brainer for Star Wars to just steamroll over everything. Yeah, this holiday season and bring in easily seven hundred million dollars yeah, in I mean, four and, weeks.
0: And I'll be interested to see what it does worldwide because Avatar is number one right now. It, right did. 730 million well, or whatever domestically and that was only 23% of its box office. Did it over right. 2 billion? 2 billion worldwide. almost almost
1: 3 $2. 7 billion. It was 2.7 billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. Titanic at 2.1 uh, billion worldwide. And those are with some re-releases. Those are some re-releases of yeah. course. But Jurassic World is at number 3 with 1.5 billion dollars worldwide.
0: Yeah. Isn't it
1: crazy how big
0: that gap is between 2 and 3? It's over 500 million
1: dollars worldwide yeah it's insane yeah, yeah, yeah it's so much money and it is a lot of money i mean iron man 3 is there at number 9 frozen is at number 8 uh skyfall is at 12 I'm trying to find a, the first jurassic park movie is at number 18 star wars episode 1 is at 19 and these are, again, not adjusted for inflation. No. And no, I know no. a lot of people are going to jump up and down and say, but that's that doesn't count for Gone with the Wind is still number Gone, one. Yes, yes, I we did understand that.
0: Gone with the Wind adjusted for inflation yes. domestically. How yes. many tickets they would have sold? 191
1: million tickets. 191 million <laughs> tickets in 1939. Yeah. <laughs> so I so don't. many. And Star Wars is at number two when you adjust yeah. for inflation. And so the 77 film at one4 uh billion dollars—that billion or trillion? Billion. One, two, three, four. Hundreds, thousands, millions, trillions—or hundreds, thousands, millions, billions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billion domestic. And that's just domestic. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I just there's something. So, and i we should probably have a bigger discussion on this in the future as it gets closer. But I think that the first three—and I'm meaning the prequel Star Wars movies, Episode One, Two, and Three. Mm-hmm they kind of shot themselves in the foot because everybody kind of knew where things were going. Sure. And But this one has continuing adventures of your favorite characters Mm -hmm. from the first, second, and and from uh, four, Four, five, and six. six. Yeah. So I think that there's a huge potential for people that are my parents' age Mm -hmm. to really want to go see this movie because they were, how old were they? They were in their 30s when Star Wars first came out. Yeah. And so there's the, you've got an age range of 80-year-olds all the way back down to 6-year-olds
0: 6-year-olds 4-year-olds
1: who may probably well, more than likely will want to go see this absolutely this movie it's, so the
0: potential for Star Wars making money this year is it, it's kind of insane how much money just Disney look how much money Disney will make they already have
1: one movie over a billion dollars well, this got, year they've got a couple of movies that have been really big just between the Avengers and um Guardians of the Galaxy, is it? No. Hey, it's, and, no, 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 no. It's it's not the two Marvel movies. Oh, Inside Out? Maybe, yeah. Inside Out and Avengers have yeah. brought them, oh, just those two movies have brought them over a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're not hurting.
0: No, no, Disney no, no, no. Has,
1: Disney has made some very wise investments. Yes. And they will continue to make uh, lots of money off these properties for a couple of years, and I think easily they will make over $2 billion dollars uh, by mid January, off of just those three films, Star Wars, Inside yeah. Out, and a, you have and, to uh, think:
0: not only does Star Wars get to the top of the domestic box office, but they beat Fast and the Furious sevens. Yes, the record. record on that. Yeah, you have. I mean, how would that not happen? Yeah.
1: Here's something else you can think about, Zach. Okay. Oh, by the way, the uh, Smosh movie, just in case uh, people had forgotten, <laughs> their budget was uh, only about a million dollars. Not very much. No, it wasn't, not and really. you can tell have you did you watch it i watched it (laughs) oh we talk about that it is exactly what you think it's going to be Uh based on the trailer oh great and it is nothing more than that
0: oh great
1: so yeah um but here's something to think about okay avengers is a marvel property Mm -hmm. inside out is pixar Mm -hmm. star wars is lucasfilm Mm mm-hmm what movie has Disney made recently that has been a success? Frozen. Okay, and that was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Anything well, wasn't else? Wasn't there a
0: Disney animation movie that came out that wasn't that Frozen? Hasn't,
1: uh, that hasn't made that much money. Well, there was a Uh-oh. Big Hero 6. Right. That didn't do so... I mean, that did okay. It did okay. But, I mean, when you're talking about... You know, it, the only thing before it that used to was... Be, uh, wreck it ralph yeah when you look at the disney all time and disney does a lot of live action stuff too i'm pretty sure that max movie is uh the dog, the dog. that I'm, was a disney movie. i'm pretty sure that's a disney movie oh huh. no i'm sorry that's warner brothers oh, okay. my, my mistake um yeah here we go let's look at the studios disney 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 wow overall gross for all the studios <laughs> From January to July, $6.6 6 billion. Dollars. <laughs> Universal leads. Buena Vista, that's Disney. That's the distributor. They have Age of Ultron, Inside Out, Cinderella.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what Disney's been doing. That, they've been that's, doing all those been doing the live action Live action stuff. remakes.
1: Ant-Man, Tomorrowland, Into the Woods, which oh, was really good. Into the Woods was great. I like that. It only made $63 million domestically, though. Really? Yeah.
0: Well, that was a good movie. Yeah.
1: Uh, McFarland, USA. That's the, uh, oh, the, the cross country movie. movie. Big Hero Six, Monkey Kingdom, which is their Disney wildlife oh, series. Oh, yeah. Strange Magic, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, Not So Good, Very Good Day. Oh, That's yeah. with um, Steve Carell and uh, uh, Jennifer Garner. Right. And then Guardians of the Galaxy. So, <laughs> Disney, unfortunately, at one time, Disney was the king of all, you know, if it's a Disney movie, you go and see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look and see what they're... Be- I mean, now they're just kind of living off their past memories, right? Cinderella.
0: Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's what... Uh, and then before that was Maleficent. Yeah. They have another one. They have a bunch of Snow, yeah, yeah. snow White one, I think. I think they think.
1: just... Uh, think they announced maybe a live-action Aladdin. Really? Yeah.
0: I'm kind of excited.
1: But all these that. others are coming from the Property properties that they bought up. Lucasfilm, Marvel, and Pixar. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm not giving... I'm not... uh you know making them feel bad i mean they've made some fantastic investments yeah amazing. but you know what what happened to the stuff that you guys used to make it is interesting they
0: haven't done as much anymore
1: yeah huh i don't remember what strange magic is oh that's the animated really i thought that was dreamworks that released that what was that this is this thing about these like fairies and troll things Oh. And I think this was actually I think this yeah, was a George Lucas movie. It was Everything Deserves to Be Love from like the mind of produced, George Lucas. Strange yeah. Strange Magic came out in January January 23rd.
0: I remember that now. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We ran something about it up on the Major Spoilers website, but huh. Only made $12. $4. Well, 12 million dollars domestically. Oh. 12 million dollars domestically. Oh man. Oh George. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's twelve million dollars worldwide because the movie was not released internationally. Oh, yowch! Opening weekend five million dollars. Yowza! That's a and it had a pretty good. It had a fairly wide release. It had three thousand, three thousand screens. Haven't we talked about? Oh yeah, four thousand is considered a wide release. So yeah. three thousand is a pretty good oh, size bad. release. God, their their average pull in from theater must have been low. Uh, it says here. Uh, one thousand eight hundred twenty-three dollars average per theater. Uh, that's that's pretty sad. That's not good. But that's why we have eight dollar and sixty cents yep. since uh, ticket sales, so that uh, Disney Stuff can afford like- to make a movie like Strange Magic.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure someone loves it. It's someone's favorite movie, probably.
1: <laughs> Stephen, I don't know. Quiet, I don't know.
0: I mean, you've talked enough people. Everyone has a favorite movie that's very strange.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So Universal is. Oh, and that's that's what made me. You were talking earlier about uh, how do you think the studios are doing? Yeah, following along with this Jurassic World stuff. If you go and look, there's a report about how this is the first time in many many years that Universal has actually made lots of money from their movies. Mm. Uh, and you know, past couple of years they haven't really had a lot of really good solid releases. But yeah. this year, with Jurassic World and Furious Seven, oh, yeah. Pitch Perfect two, uh, even yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that uh, didn't do bad money. No, Fifty Shades of Grey, $168 million.
0: I'm sure... I, You know what? I bet, like the digital book sales of that movie, it did really well mm-hmm. on uh, digital rentals oh, and I'm sure. Blu-ray. I'm sure. Now, of course, stuff.
1: Box Office Mojo is only looking theater, so we yeah. don't know unless we had some kind of annual report or something that talked about this. But again, they're not going to tell you exactly how much no. they've sold, which kind of bothers me, I guess. You know, we do get... We can't estimate how many tickets were sold based on weekend grosses. Yeah. We can, can, to an extent, know how many comic books were sold based on iffy, strange math that pre, that uh, Diamond Comics puts out. Right. But when it comes to digital releases, everybody shuts their mouths up about that. Mm-hmm. Nobody lets you know. Even, even uh, on YouTube, when you see the magic 301 number. Oh, yeah. You know, that is that's YouTube going back and saying um, we're calculating to make sure that all of these are actual real numbers before we update the total. So, you know, something on like a YouTube video could sit at 301 for weeks while they retabulate all the numbers before they update that to 27,000 or whatever yeah. views that they have. So it's it's really crazy stuff in uh, trying to break down numbers in this industry. Yeah. And again, a lot of it's even a lot of it's just a, a estimate. You know, the Nielsen ratings. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all based on estimates.
0: Mm -hmm. You're just saying it's a sample.
1: Yeah. And of course, the larger your sample, the more accurate the numbers. But still, you're looking at, in a city of Hayes, maybe once, maybe one or two households will be a Nielsen household during a sweeps period. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, yeah. So you've got two households representing 30,000 plus households in the city.
0: Yeah. Once you figure out how many people they actually need to do it. uh, a sample size of America, it's like, well, come, I mean, I guess if your math is right, but that seems really low.
1: Well, it, and again, even that, it can be skewed, because if yeah. people are filling out the paper diaries like we do, yeah, maybe you forget to put something in, or maybe you forgot to write something down, or maybe you're just, hey, I really like this show, so I'm going to write it in even if right. I didn't watch it, is really <laughs> skewing the data, mm-hmm. so...
0: Lots numbers. of lots
1: of numbers things to talk about. I don't know oh, if this yeah. is everywhere you wanted to go on this. Zach, no,
0: not, they, I covered pretty much all that I wanted to, and then we did a little bit more. So uh, I'm really happy with it. Are you happy with it? I
1: guess. Sure. I hope our, our listeners are happy. I with think it, it was
0: a it's a little different of a conversation, but these are things that we kind of talk about normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if we're not recording it. So uh, I hope you guys found this episode of Zach on Film. Interesting. I would think we're kind of going to get back to a movie sometime or another. I think all of our schedules were aligned. Oh, yeah. Cosmic I mean, Entity and Jupiter we, and Venus and our schedules
1: will line up. We are at Nurtacular today. Yeah. On on this release, providing that. uh Oh, man. So people are like, well, how come you don't do these shows? How come this show isn't being released? How come this show isn't being released yeah. while you're out? It's like, okay, I've got a system here that will supposedly automatically upload the show right. when I'm gone. But. As this weekend proved, <laughs> oh yeah, I left the house in the morning, and thankfully the, the show had gone up, but an hour and a half later, the power went out in the city. Did your power go out too? Ours did, because I came back, and the computer had shut down, yeah. and the uh, hard drives had shut down, but the power was back on in the house, so mm. we were not out as long as you were. So, I can go out of town, and power could go out, and a show doesn't get released on time. Yeah. Or... Oftentimes with this software that I use, sometimes it doesn't work the way it should and doesn't wake up the computer from sleep. Mm-hmm. So I just assume not release something. So if everything did go right and you're listening to this right now, <laughs> things worked, <laughs> keeping our fingers crossed. Yay. But um, yeah, so that's why we're not releasing a lot of our shows this week or while a couple of the shows are released um, and not others right. this week. Right. Um, but when we look ahead. Future releases uh, this week is Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Which that,
0: uh... I think I kind of want to see it. I'm interested
1: it. in it. It's going out to 3,800 theaters. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise does of, a lot of his own stunts. It's on side of a plane. It's also got Vacation, which looks just awful. I think it looks hilarious. Have you ever seen the original yeah. Vacation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just looks like a pale imitation of
0: that. It looks... They addressed that in the trailer. I know, I know. And it's funny.
1: All right. And uh was- Next week, Fantastic Four. Yeah, So Four. that's what we will definitely be seeing.
0: Absolutely, actually. and then, I mean, do it for me, straight out of Compton. Heard heard good things out of it so far. If it if, if it, it comes, comes here, here if it comes it. here, we can do that okay. instead of A
1: Man from Uncle. And I think that might be our last film, right? No, because um, all, all that's next it's kind after of the that end of is the summer stuff. Yeah, and American trickling in. American Ultra and Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Ooh, I kind of want to see American Ultra. It looks funny. And then you have Regression, Sinister Two, We Are Your Friends, or Yeah, We Are Your Friends. And then uh, Labor Day Weekend, Jane Got a Gun, Kitchen Sink, No Escape, The Transporter Refueled. Oh no. Seriously? <laughs> and then a walk in the woods.
0: Yeah, so it kind of tapers off here. We're getting close to the end of the summer. See, movies. Yeah, so I think
1: we're I think we're gonna wrap it up with um Fantastic Four yeah. and then straight out of Compton and then get back into regular
0: regular shows and then filter in the big releases as they come out you know straight out of compton says
1: it's a wide release so there's a very good yeah. chance we will get it
0: there's been some good press behind it
1: i, I do want to see that though yeah that's good
0: yeah Okay. Right, so uh hope you enjoyed this episode about numbers and uh financials and stuff of movies hope you enjoyed that if you did have majorspoilers.com and give your thoughts and uh what you liked about this conversation if you have any more ideas or links to stories you can find them over there at majorspoilers.com. Uh, and we'll be getting back to uh, film discussion, actual films uh, in mm-hmm. the coming weeks.
1: More talk like this? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, major spoilers.com, click on the amazon.com link, do all your back to school shopping. It's not going to cost you any extra. And you don't have to go wait in line at Walmart. Uh, but a little bit we will come back to major spoilers. It's not going to, they're
1: not, not going to charge you extra to help major spoilers. You're just doing us a solid. Well, and you, it's kind of like the movie ticket. You, you yeah. become a, you support the show that you like. Like critical hit or Zach on Film by becoming a major spoilers VIP, yeah. and then it trickles down and allows us to do other things, like do the website and do other shows and to pay people the, to do their to do their jobs. So,
0: so you know, it all comes back to help more things get created for you. Yeah, for you. So that's it for this episode of Zach on Film. I'll see you next week.
1: This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.